Hello, welcome to another episode of This or More. I'm your host, Tiffany Knapper, and I promised you that I would start introducing you to some of my incredible, talented clients. So today, I cannot wait for you to meet Caitlin Hart. Caitlin is a licensed esthetician and an energy healer here in Nashville, Tennessee. She is the founder of Prism Face Lab, and now she is also an educator and a coach for others in the beauty industry. I've been working with Caitlin since about 2019. We dive into more of that in this episode, but I cannot wait for you to hear her evolution, her transformation, her glow up, and dive more into the ups and downs of that story. So without further ado, here's Caitlin Hart. Welcome to This or More, a wild entrepreneurial podcast adventure for bold and brave creatives like you. I'm Tiffany Knapper, your host, holistic business coach, corporate music industry dropout, a seasoned five-time multi-six-figure entrepreneur, yoga instructor, and your go-to gal for heart-to-heart coffee chats. On this show, we're not just here to share stories. We're here to ignite a fire within you and make you realize that the reality you envision is just the tip of the iceberg. You're wildly capable of achieving that reality and so much more. So my friends, Grab your cup of inspiration, settle in, and let's dive into another inspiring episode of This or More. Hello, Caitlin. Welcome. I'm so excited you're here. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Okay, so you and I have a long history together, Mm -hmm. and we'll get into more of that in just a minute, but... Obviously, you're a really credible and award-winning esthetician here in Nashville, Tennessee, and an energy healer, and now an education, uh, serving in an educational role. So I'd love for you to just tell people a little bit about you here in Nashville, Tennessee, what you what you love doing and what kind of lights you up every day. Yeah. So you said it. I have been in the aesthetics industry for 14 years. Um, I've been an esthetician. I've been in every corner of that industry, working in so many different capacities. And like you said, adding to that um, with a health coaching certification, energy healing certification. So really in that journey, kind of exploring all the things um, that are needed to support my clients and really that do translate on our skin. Um, But in the past few years, I transitioned really fully into business ownership. I own Prism Face Lab, which is an award-winning skincare clinic here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, we accidentally opened during the pandemic. (laughs) I say that, um, because obviously that was not part of the plan. Um, we got, uh, slowed down a little bit there in the beginning, but opened in officially opened, reopened, whatever you want to call it in June of 2020. So we've been around, I say 14 years, not 14 years, four years. Um, I say four years because four years ago right now I was under construction. Um, yeah, but Yeah. So I own that business and lead an amazing team of estheticians there. But for me personally, I have transitioned into, again, that business owner role, but now an education role where really my passion lies in helping other estheticians succeed, whether it's on my team or outside of that through coaching and online education platforms for service providers of all kinds. Yes. We're going to dive into all of that and more because it's been quite a journey. Mm -hmm. And I talk to people all the time who are where you were five-ish years ago, right? Like 
maybe they're a solopreneur, they have their license in the beauty industry of some regard, but they're still working either at a salon or a bigger studio space, or they're in our, their own little, you know, rented space. So I want to go back in time for just a moment before we get into some of the really fun stuff. Yeah. But I want you to take me back to what was on your mind when you were that solopreneur, for lack of a better term, when you were kind of renting the studio space and you were a party of one, Mm -hmm. uh, what was going through your mind that made you think that maybe there was more, more to this than that, than what you were experiencing? So I, I will say at this point, gosh, I really thrived in some capacities as a party of one. Um, I moved a lot faster. Um, I was like full steam ahead. I made things happen really quickly. I worked really well that way to some degree. Um, But when you're one person, I mean, you are one person, especially when you're a hands-on business, you're working one-on-one with clients. That is your only income stream. And then no one's answering the phones. No one's answering the emails. No one's cleaning. No one's doing the laundry. It's you. Um, So I hit burnout pretty fast with that business model. Um, And there are a lot of reasons why I decided to expand. Um, Some of them the right reasons, some of them the wrong reasons. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but really for me, like I really started to feel like I need to be surrounded by people. I need community and I need, I need to get my hands off people's faces and be able to build something different. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. What do you feel like was your, yeah. And I, that, that translates or or resonates, I should say, because Mm -hmm. I felt that way back in the day with my PR agency and and even I joke to this day but when I started my PR agency in 2011 the first thing I did was I brought on an intern because I didn't want to be by myself. Yeah. Like I knew I could do it and I'm a high achiever and whatever I'm going to work my tush off but I also just knew I needed to be around other people. Yeah. And with you like you know in an esthetician role you do have clients coming in. I didn't necessarily have that in the public as a publicist, but mm-hmm. it wasn't ever anyway. I just I re- I resonate with that. And I am such a one thing I've learned about myself is I'm such a verbal processor. Like yeah. I don't care who you are. If there's yeah. just a body in the room, I'm going to be like, <laughs> "Here's what I'm thinking." What? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then and then you'll know if it feels good or not. And right? then I'm like, like oh, that's wrong. You don't even need to say anything." But I just like yeah. I need another person there sometimes. Yeah, I feel that. Okay, so you made this decision, obviously, and I remember that was probably when you and I first came into each other's lives. We were Mm -hmm. introduced by someone else, and it was like, okay, you were going to start this new thing, and you needed a new brand identity, and you needed a game plan, and and so I was really excited to help you with all that, and we'll we'll dive into that in a second. Mm -hmm. But if you won't mind sharing, if you know, what do you think was your initial investment that you kind of made in order to go from solopreneur to now I own a space with people in it. Do you remember? I mean, I could do the math. I would say probably around 50K. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of those things we don't talk about. Like there's all this taboo around numbers and it's like, look, you You know, I just feel like there's no, there's nobody wins when we're not transparent about how much it's going to cost to take this to the next level Mm -hmm. and recognize that there's going to be ups and downs along that journey. But like when we talk about going from solopreneur to owning an agency or owning a studio space or owning a salon, there are going to be costs involved. There's no way around it. Right. 
And sometimes we're not even looking at the whole, like the big picture of those costs either. It's like all these little individual things that add up. So when we're talking about that, I mean, that started long before the opening. That started when I decided to work with you. That was an investment. And then there's the construction, you know, (laughs) and then there's the loan for that. And then there's the lease and then there's the attorney. And then, you know, all of those things that add up, some people may just look at it as like, how much did construction cost? Mm -hmm. You know, and there's so much more. There's so much more. There's the marketing, there's the branding, there's the hiring, there's Mm -hmm. the stuff. Like I remember when you opened up, so you opened up Prism Face Lab mm-hmm. in 2020, technically, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Technically, then we started working together in 2019 for the launch. Right. Getting the brand mm-hmm. assets together, logo, website. I know you and I worked on like some social media game plans and even some game plans to reach some goals that had to do with winning some awards in town. Yeah. Um, which you've done every year. Yeah. Uh, but when you first started up, I remember the space was beautiful. Like you bought all this mm-hmm. furniture and, you know, decorated it. So that's another expense that people oh, yeah. probably don't realize mm-hmm. comes into play. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go to <laughs> 20, end of 2019. We're rocking and rolling. Everything's ready. Brand is ready for this bi- this big debut. And it's now tr- – and I remember there were some hardships with you finding a space as well. Do you want to oh, chat yeah. about that just a little bit? I mean, just the normal stuff of it. Just it took forever to find something that checked at least the half the boxes, <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, it was funky stuff. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. And that – I mean, maybe that's another thing people don't anticipate is how – hard that is and how, um, I mean, like I said, I spent almost $50,000 and that is on tweaking an existing space, you know, and most of the spaces I looked at were gravel pits, you know, Mm -hmm. like we, I did it as affordably as you could possibly do it and had to sacrifice a few things. Yeah. But I will say it ended up beautiful. Of course. It ended yeah. up in a great location in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. And um, so let's go to that dreaded time period of 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you're ready. You've done all this work. You've invested this money. You've invested all this energy. You're so excited. You've mm-hmm. got a team in place. You're ready to open the doors. And then we get hit with yeah. lockdown. Yeah. So it's almost like this it honestly was almost like a spiritual crisis because I had done so much work on myself to have the confidence to make a big leap. And then like the first time you do that for the rug to be pulled out from under you in that way really shakes that sense of confidence, you know? And it's like this belief that like, as long as you do the hard thing, it'll all work out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the belief that I had to embody to do this hard thing of like, this is my purpose. This is my path. This is what's supposed to happen. If I just step outside of my comfort zone, like the universe will meet me (laughs) where I want to be. And then for that to happen at, I mean, literally the week I announced my business two days Mm -hmm. later, COVID was declared a pandemic. And just to be like, wait, what? What? You know, I did it. Obviously that is so far outside of my control. It's so much bigger than anything that has to do with me. Um, but that was such a tough mindset thing, I think more than anything that year. And then in addition to that, starting a business in that climate, it was very, very hard to separate those struggles, 
you know, Mm -hmm. like what is me and what is the world right Mm -hmm. now? What is my fault and what is so far beyond outside of my fault? And just not understanding like the first year in business is hard regardless of being like, is this hard because of this or is this normal hard? Like it was very hard to differentiate. What do you think got you through that? Oh my gosh. I mean, nothing but having to. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I say that all the time. People, people that whole year were just like, you're so strong. I can't believe. I'm like, I, I signed a lease, y'all. I mean, you just, the only way yeah. out was through. That's all I could say is like, there was no option other than to push through. And I yeah. might not have if I had an easy out, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, I stuck around and definitely gained a lot of experience and life lessons through that, which I'm really grateful for. Do you, could you pinpoint like your, maybe, maybe not your favorite or your best, but like one of those life lessons that, you know, if it hadn't been for that season of your life, you wouldn't approach things now the way you do. I think back to that mindset piece and trusting Mm -hmm. yourself and realizing that growth isn't linear, you know, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that it didn't work out. Um, that doesn't mean that I made a mistake and I'm not glad because of where I'm at today. And even the four years since then has not been this path of linear growth at all. Um, but that doesn't mean that that wasn't the right choice and I didn't learn lessons from that and it didn't take me to where I needed to go next. So let's talk about that in between for just a moment before Mm -hmm. we get, get caught up to speed to present day in between. Mm -hmm. So three Mm -hmm. plus years. Yeah. Hiring people, mm-hmm. you know, all the things that come with going from where you were to where you are now. Do you have anything that you would love to share with someone else who's maybe thinking about stretching into that next level with their business? And you're like, these mm-hmm. are the things that I learned yeah. that I felt like really helped me. Yeah. Well, I would say maybe if I could back up and go to the beginning, the things I would have yeah. done differently um, yeah. is really. I will say I lucked out with my team that I hired in 2020. Maybe that was the way that the universe rose up to meet me because (laughs) I just, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that happened. I lucked out and got just the most amazing team to start with. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to work that hard to get them Mm -hmm. ready um, to do what they needed to do. And so I probably wasn't as organized or as um, strict with my training program as I should have been. And then in the year since, um, you know, trying to recruit and hire and train people has been the hardest part of business, hands down. And Mm -hmm. I've had to go back and I need to go back even more and like really, really put in place a training policy, a Mm -hmm. training program um, Mm -hmm. that is so much more detailed than I could have ever imagined four years ago, like down to the letter and enforce it and be like really prepared um, to to give consequences if people don't meet the standards, to let people go if they're not the right fit. Um, I would, that's been my number one struggle and something that if I could go back, I would have, I would just have a very clear system in place. Yeah. I, I, I went through a similar scenario with my PR agency and I will say this, so it's one of my favorite things that I do with a lot of my, my higher, higher level one-on-one clients, if they've already got a successful business, but we don't have that like clear onboarding, you know, handbook in place. But sometimes, do you feel like sometimes it's a little bit like cart horse scenario in the sense that 
some of it you don't know until you're in it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I couldn't have even fathomed that I would need to teach you this until I come across someone who doesn't know it. Yeah. That's absolutely. And, you know, you think everyone's brain works like yours or that everyone's going to operate the way you do. And then you're like, oh, (laughs) oh, yeah, (laughs) had no idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good permission slip for people, too. It's like, yes, you need it. Mm -hmm. And it's important to remember that that thing is a living document. It needs to evolve. It will evolve. And I always say, like, we're recording this right now, November. So Mm -hmm. November, December for me and my business for years has been where in my systems can I elevate something? What needs a little fine-tuning, a little zhuzhing, a little tweaking? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it does look like looking back at that onboarding and guide and making sure it still feels, you know, like fully relevant for where we are now with the business. Because your business is a living thing. It's always changing and growing, right? Yeah. And I think for yeah. me, I've hit this point where my onboarding guide is perfect. It's the implementation of it. It's mm. the like, well, who's mm. going to do that? <laughs> you know? um, yeah. And who's going to hold people accountable? And and, that was about to say. And yeah. that part is the hard part. Mm-hmm. Like you actually have to be a boss. You yeah. actually have yeah. to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you can't be kind and gentle. Yeah. But it does mean you have to be really strict with boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's Absolutely. a yes? What's a no? What's acceptable? What's not acceptable? Right. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right, that's a good one. Yeah. So we're now we're like three, four years into running Prism. Let's talk about the more recent kind of thing that's been going on in your world. And yeah, I'm, I alluded to that at the beginning, but you're stepping up into this more educational um, role, which I love. And I'm so yeah. excited for everyone who's an esthetician or in the beauty industry to learn from you. But tell me about the moment, like what happened? Where, at what time, yeah. where were you? What happened that made you think, okay, I think there's something else out there for me? I mean, it's crazy because if I think back, this I this has been in my head since before I started Prism. I mean, it's always been there and it's part of where Prism came from. It's this, it's this want to step out of what I was doing and mentor other people. And I mm-hmm. thought that opening a business would be the end all be all of that. Yes. But I have realized through that process that employees are completely different than students. Completely different. Yes. <laughs> um, and... I would say probably for the past year, I've been a lot of things. Burnout um, is definitely one, but just not fulfilled in my work creatively. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a creative. I'm always going to do my best work when I'm creating from this centered, authentic place. Mm -hmm. And there has been, there's been a piece missing. And I've known that for a a while now. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, if we want to back up beginning of this year, I was in Mexico with you and everybody else. And um, I think that's probably, that's not when the idea came into my head, but it sparked that moment of like, you're going to go home and take action, you know, mm-hmm. and not even take yeah. action, like go home yeah. and start writing a course, but we need to go home and make sure the actions you are taking are aligned with that goal, you know, and it was after that, that I really, I came home and I made the choice. Um, I'm not going to see clients anymore as of June 1st. Um, and that was the first thing. And like, I had to get out of the treatment room that, that should have happened years ago, honestly. Um, but I made that choice. And then I knew like by July, I need to start working on the next step. 
And for me, like being in this owner role for the past few years and then being in the treatment room, I almost felt like I've been locked away. I've been like, I've been hidden. I've been kind of out of the spotlight, which is fine in some seasons, but Mm -hmm. I, I thrive when I can be front and center and speaking and kind of pulling people in with the energy of like me sharing what I'm excited about and passionate about. And that is always what has propelled my business forward. And it's kind of like that little magic spark at the center of everything. And um, in honestly the past two years, in like all of the work I've been doing, in energy sessions I've gotten, like things that have come up even for other people around me, they're like, we keep seeing like it, this, your voice, you know, you've been using mm. your hands for so many years and you need to start using your yeah. voice. Um, I even had an energy worker like a year ago being like, I keep seeing microphones, like, <laughs> you know. What? I didn't and, know that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And now I have a podcast and I, um, I want to start speaking. And so it just felt like very intuitively, like I've got to figure out how to start creating And sharing things with the world using my voice, using part of me in a different way. And that has really just evolved over this whole year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, gosh, it's so, it's so, I love this moment because you and I don't often get a chance to just like sit Mm -hmm. about, sit around and talk about this type of stuff. But knowing that something can come and that seed was planted so long Mm -hmm. ago, and then also recognizing that sometimes you know, life gets in the way, we mm-hmm. are busy, we've got a family, we've got whatever going on, but that we never ignore it, right? We yeah. don't ever totally ignore it. It's always there. And then recognizing when you have that kind of epiphany moment, that moment where you're like a fire was lit under yeah. you. And I do feel like with when we were together in, in Mexico, mm-hmm. that's one of the beautiful things about being around other high achieving yeah. creative women is that just by proxy, right? Just by yeah. hearing what they've been able to do or hearing their big dreams be like spoken out into the universe. It's like, it can become almost contagious. Yeah. And so that can be that little spark that we need. That's like, oh, they can do it. I can do it. Or, mm-hmm. oh, they believe in me. So I should believe in me or whatever, yeah. whatever happens. There's a multitude of things that can kind of transpire in that moment. But I do feel like it's interesting to recognize like, you know, from the seed to the spark and then to just the, even the little steps that had to happen after that to be like, okay, first step is this, because I think people get overwhelmed because they think I don't know how to get from A to Z. And I'm like, well, you don't, you don't go from A to Z. You go from A to B. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, and recognizing that it's going to be a process. It's going to be a journey, but as long as you keep moving forward, putting one foot in front of the other, before you know it, you'll be like Caitlin. You'll have a podcast. You'll have courses. Like everything, just it does start to pick up speed. Did you feel that way? Yes, absolutely. And I could look back and say I had this idea in 2019. Why didn't I do it then? Because it wasn't right. Like because I had to learn all of these things. Honestly, like everything that I've put in the courses I've made, I learned because I saw those employees that I'm like, oh, you don't know this. Oh. You know, like I had to go through that experience. It's like birth. Like you've got nine months of having to cook a thing, (laughs) you know, and you've got to just chill and let it sit and sometimes be really, you're impatient and you're bored. And then you've got to know when to recognize. I think now is the moment for action, you know? Yeah. 
That's so important too, what you just said. Like we have to be comfortable sitting in the discomfort. Yeah, yeah. It's a part of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way around it. Whether it's uncomfortable because you want it to be happening faster yeah. or whether it's uncomfortable because you have start to have doubts, which mm-hmm. happens, whatever mm-hmm. it is, like, w- the, the more you can become confident, which is like having faith, right? Yeah. It, confident while you're uncomfortable, I think that's what becomes a little bit of a superpower. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we can't be in creation mode every day of our lives. Like, right. <laughs> no, no, we cannot. And that place feels really good, but we can't live there. Yeah. Okay. So um, you launched the integrated esthetician. You mm-hmm. gave yourself a little rebrand mm-hmm. earlier this year and you have created two beautiful, amazing, robust courses in addition to launching your podcast. Yeah. So tell me like, what was it like to finally launch these things and put them out into the world? I think, I mean, so many things. It feels like I, I so badly just needed to be seen and understood again. Like so many of my clients and followers and people around me were seeing me as this thing that didn't feel like me anymore mm-hmm. and putting something out there of like, no, this is actually what I think about all day. <laughs> you know, this is actually who I am now and yeah. what my world is now, like really I mean, it's a rebrand and it feels like all of this new stuff, but it's really me just kind of lifting the veil off of what's been going on in this head for years. And that's really important to me and feels really good to just be like seen for who I am um, by the people whose eyes are on me right now. So that, first of all, is just like a really good and freeing feeling. And then, you know, the response, seeing what success it's had so far has just been really validating that this is a path that I need to follow that could end up really supporting me. Yeah, which is so exciting. Mm -hmm. I think it wasn't a rebrand. It was an evolution. Yeah, yeah. It was just you, like you've been evolving over the last couple of years. And like you said, I think when people become the the CEO, you know, the the business owner, the boss, Mm -hmm your brand, your identity starts to get wrapped up in that brand. Yeah. And this was a way for you to kind of step into your power again Mm -hmm. and be Caitlin again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is, is getting people associating you only with the business that you created and with the things that you've done forever. And yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I I remember, I remember going through that um, trans formation as well. For me, it was probably like 2017. And Mm -hmm. my business coach, Kaylee, at the time, she was like, you know, why isn't your business just your name? What are you hiding behind? And also I realized when it did become my name, it gave me that like freeing, it gave me that power to just try on new things. And that was when I went through this weird like wellness influencer. I tried that on for a minute, like just, you know, figuring out what was next. But mm-hmm. I think that's an important part to just a part of the journey as well that to remind ourselves that who you are today might not be who you are tomorrow, but trust yeah. the process and yeah. trust the evolution and let yourself evolve mm-hmm. more than anything. Absolutely. What I I, I was going to say, well, is there anything you would do differently with the launch of the course? Yeah. I feel like I already know one of them and we'll, t- we'll talk about that. Oh, God. Was there anything you would do differently? With the launch of the course? 
Mm-hmm. I don't think so at this point. I mean, time will tell, you know, like yeah. we're that kind of just happened a few weeks ago and I'm really happy with it. And so yeah. I'm sure if you asked me that question a year from now, I might have things, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we had like a little tech snafu in we the middle of it. We did have a tech it. snafu. <laughs> if anything, I would say, um, yeah, learn, gosh, learn every platform you're using inside and out and have Hawkeyes on them to make sure they're working. Um, yeah. Because that was the only little um, bump in the road is that, you know, I spent six weeks promoting this thing before it launched. And for four weeks of those, um, for those listening, four of those weeks, my email sequence was not working. So people would sign up and um, input their email and thought they were getting in and it went into the void because of a tech problem. And I just thought for four weeks that I sucked. (laughs) And um, fortunately, that wasn't the case. It was really validating when I got in the back end analytics and saw that like 100 people tried to sign up, (laughs) Um, but they were lost forever and I had to do some work to get them back. But um, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. And it's like, it's such a lesson, right? Because of course, do we wish that hadn't happened? Absolutely. We wish that hadn't happened. But at the same time, I remember when you and I were in Voxer and I was like, this is my PR brain. We just have to use this to our advantage. Like, okay, great. Now we get to show back up on stories and we get to tell everybody what happened because transparency and vulnerability is something people can really rally around. And just tell them what happened. It's not like you made yeah. a mistake. It's just literally a tech snafu. Yeah. And so we just get to get out there and say, hey, this is what happened. And mm-hmm. I I want to get you back. I want to get you back on this list. I want to make sure you know about this course. And so in my mind, it was like, yes, it sucks. And mm-hmm. it gave you a reason to get like energetically behind it once yeah. again in a season where you could have you know, in another scenario, just kind of started to kind of coast yeah. because you've had been talking about it so much. Mm-hmm. And, but, but it, it remind it was just an, a reminder of like, sometimes we go through these ups and downs and like, it's what we make of them. Yep. It's literally what we make of them. Totally. Yeah. And I thought you did a beautiful job of like getting out there and getting everybody to rally around you. And, and yeah. what happened was people around you wanted to share it again and wanted to like help you recoup those names. Yeah. So who knows? We'll never know, but I might've recouped more than that. So. (laughs) Right. Exactly. What do you feel like is a natural skill set that you have that Caitlin possesses Mm -hmm. that has helped you through all of this, of these seasons Mm. and help you really succeed? Is there anything you can say like? Mm. A couple, I mean, that's a hard one. I think a couple things. I mean, one is my mindset and my commitment to kind of always follow my intuition and trust my gut. And um, I mean, I've had that since I was a little kid and you might call it delusional, but I've always just been like, I'm going to do what makes me happy, you know, and that absolute belief in myself that if I follow that, it'll work out, you know. Mm Um, that, and I think, um, something that I've not had since childhood, but have realized in myself later on is some of my organizational skills, which can sound boring, but like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've really realized it since opening a business that like, oh, not everyone does that. Not everyone has (laughs) their calendar, like 
And being able to take ideas and break them down into bite-sized pieces and tackle them throughout my week. And now, I mean, that's just a huge thing that I'm really passionate about teaching other people is like how to be someone like me that's this huge dreamer, you know, and has these big dreams and all of this stuff out there and then how to distill that down into like, okay, but what's on your calendar today and how are we moving towards that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I couldn't agree more. And it's funny because, so I have an online business manager, my OBM Lori, Mm -hmm. and she was, we were just on a call and she was like, Tiffany, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone's Google Drive be as organized as yours. (laughs) And I I felt so proud, but also I knew that, you know, I worked in corporate world for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so we had very strict policies in place when I was at Yamaha on how to organize our folders and files. Mm And, and so that is something that was just instilled at me pretty as pretty yeah. you know yeah. early on in my years, and so I I'm pretty clear with it now. But uh, I think I'm always surprised at how people can be successful and be so unorganized. <laughs> unorganized. I'm like, I know. how on earth does your brain function at night? Yeah, like how do you get anything done? Yeah, so it's a superpower, and I you think, can sure. be both. That's something that I wish people would understand and. This is so much of what I teach because I hear so many people in my industry and just creatives in general being like, I'm a creative. I don't do that stuff. Like, that's just not me. I'm all over the place. Well, you can change and you can learn skills. And I did. Like, I was never somebody 10 years ago, I would not have described myself as organized. But someone taught me how to be, you know? Yeah. And then you realize how much it frees up your mind to be more creative because everything else is organized. And obviously, and you and I know this you know, firsthand, but if you're listening and you haven't ever had a team, then you will learn very quickly that if you are not organized, it is going to make your life a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, when you start to see the benefits of it, it becomes easier to do it yeah. just like anything. Like, yeah. it's like when we work out and then we start to feel better. And so then we're more likely to keep working out yeah. the same thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What do you think, you know, where has been the most, the area in which you felt like you've had the most fun as you've expanded and grown your businesses? Um, I mean, right now, definitely the podcast for me um, is just, is the fun place. You know, I love things like we're doing right now. I love having conversations. And um, like I said, I'm a verbal processor, right? So even having those conversations, like that's where I get the ideas and the downloads and the like excitement and the creativity really comes forward in this really natural way. So I would say that's, that's right now what's the most fun for me. I love that. Uh, what do you think is – so I want to go specifically to your audience, estheticians, beauty industry professionals. What do you think is the thing that they need – like if you could say there's one thing I really think you need in order to be successful. Like mm. one thing that I think is going to require for you to succeed in this industry, get out of like trading your time for money or feeling overwhelmed or feeling burnt out or whatever you're feeling, what would you say to them? It's very hard to distill it down to one thing, but um, I'm going to kind of go back to what I just said about organization. Time management probably Mm -hmm. is the number one skill um, that people in this industry need that they don't know they need. And none of the other things are going to work if you don't know how to manage your time, specifically because, like I said before, you're in a treatment room with people with hands-on faces like eight hours or however much a day. And that is a sliver of your job. And so you're going to have to learn some time management skills like a boss 
um, to be able to juggle all the things to make you successful in that arena. Yeah. Yeah. As I say, to get out of the, you've got to get out of the trenches of doing yeah. the job and learn how to like really run the business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That translates to every industry. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah. not every industry are we with hands on faces for eight hours, but yeah. you yeah. know, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, you know I love the name of this podcast, This or More, is this concept of like wherever you are right now, more is coming, right? Like this or more. When we were working on launching your course, it was like we're going to have 20 students or more. Now we're going to have 40 students or more. So when you hear that phrase now, if I say to you this or more, Caitlin, what what comes to mind? I – I think of the success of the last month and it's just the first little baby step into this new venture and it's at the very end of the year, right? So I think of next year and yeah, I do think of numbers. I think of how many people I want in the courses next year. And then the other thing that's happened in this last month that is just building on itself that I can see so much more of next year is is the new doors that are opened. Um, the people in my DMs and in my inbox inviting me on their podcasts and inviting me to speak or collaborate in some way has just mm-hmm. started. And that is something I really want to lean into next year. And I can just see all of that just growing and expanding. I love that for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a byproduct of you standing in your power and you yeah. taking up more space and you mm-hmm. being more authentically, you know, authentically you being more vulnerable yeah. in so many capacities. Because it, we, as you and I know, it is not easy to yeah. launch something new. It's not easy to put yourself out there in a new, you know, format or whatever it might be. But when we do it and, and it feels aligned, it can be so rewarding beyond what we're even originally, con, mm-hmm. you know, considering. Right? Yeah, absolutely. More stages for Caitlin, more yeah. podcasts for Caitlin, more yep. students, more people she gets to educate. That's yeah. all coming. More offerings. I love it. Too. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before we hop off today, tell people about your two courses really quickly and then yeah. I'm going to ask them how you, how they can find you. But first, yeah. tell us about your two courses and kind of differentiate them because we do have two yeah. for different levels of people in the industry. Yeah. So I created two courses for um, beauty professionals, anyone who's a service provider in the beauty or spa industry, anything where you're trying to build a clientele and see people to make money. Um, but I broke those into two categories. One is beauty Pro Foundations and one is Beauty Pro Mastery. The real difference is Foundations is for someone working on a team or really someone that is an employee that isn't really worrying about some of the back end business stuff. And then Mastery is really for that. You're going to get your spreadsheets, you're going to learn about budgeting and finance and all, even like creating policies and playbooks and training manuals and all of that kind of stuff um, that you don't need to worry about if you're an employee. But this is really the business end of the beauty industry. We're not getting into technical skills. Um, We are getting into business, but also with a little dash of all of these things that have worked for me, we're going to talk about your mindset. We're going to talk about manifestation, about really leaning into your authenticity to drive this thing forward. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You get in there and you teach them about how to show up authentically on Instagram mm-hmm. and how to keep their customers coming back, like client retention yep. rates and all of that is a big part of it um, as well. But yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited for you and I'm excited for all the people that are going to get to learn from all of your hard years of experience, from all of your brave moves that you've made over the years. I think that's really exciting. Yeah. I'm super pumped about it. 
Okay. How can our listeners find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at the integrated esthetician and it's esthetician with an E just to make it simple. Um, But that's the best way to find me and you can find links to everything else there. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Go listen to her podcast next, especially if you're in the beauty industry and you want to learn more about how to grow your business. Go ahead. That's just the integrated esthetician podcast on all platforms. We'll link it all in the show notes below. Well, it has been my greatest honor to just kind of like go on this journey with you over the years, Caitlin, and watch you launch Prism and now watch you launch The Integrated Esthetician. And in 2024, I can't wait to see what comes next, but I know there's going to be some really fun speaking engagements and and big things coming your way. So um, it's been a pleasure to be on this journey and I'm excited for everything that's yet to come. Same. Thank you so much.